this is FD Talks, a brand new podcast series by Funeral Directors Live, where we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace. We're here today with uh, Paul Lovelace. And Paul, you are the Executive Vice President of Corporate Development, Rob. Very. Can you tell me how did you how did you become that person? Yeah, inquiring minds do want to know that because I tell people all the time I have the best job in the whole company because no one really knows what that means. But essentially, I am in charge of sales in a lot of the areas. Um, I am the liaison with some of our marketing partners here in the office, as well as providing leadership and support to the active sales channel of our company, including um, our select producer program. That's good because that's, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you a little yeah. bit about. We had Chris on the on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about one of the things that uh, that's important for a funeral home when they're thinking about their future. They really need to think about um, their pre-need program. And so tell, t- describe to me what an active pre-need program is. Yeah, well, let me back up just a minute. We get funeral homes all the time to come in, and they think they're active, and they're really not that active. And uh, so we help them diagnose that, help them see opportunities, because um, especially coming off the year that we came off of in 2020, funeral homeowners were just busy, busier than ever. And so they didn't really have time for pre-need stuff. And so that can affect the metrics that we use sometimes, which are a function of how many at-need cases they do versus how many pre-need cases they do. And so, for example, if you're a 200-call firm and uh, you write my, maybe 20 um, pre-needs a year, that would be um, just 10% pre-need at need ratio. Makes sense? I hate to do math so early, Rob. Well, it's you're doing easy math. It's, they're 10% yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So as long I'll as I can divide it, it by 10, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, so I know that I, I am in the funeral home a lot when I talk to a lot of funeral directors. And, and we got some that are just very much at-need funeral directors, and we have some that are very much pre-need oriented. Where, where, where does the, the distinction made or get made about how important it is to have a pre-need program? I think it depends on the business a lot of times. Uh, what I look at is for a funeral home to at least replace the, the pre-need conversions that take place every year. In other words, those are the accounts out of that 200 calls that, are, that convert, they claim out during that given year, right? So, for example, in that 20 uh, scenario where you're doing 20 pre-need conversions, if you don't do at least 20 new pre-need contracts, your, your filing cabinet is losing ground. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And so we start there. We, we want to at least make up for those pre-conversions in a given year. And then we'd like to see a, an increase to bring new families because there's so only so many ways a funeral home can raise revenue, right? They can, they can have a price increase, which most funeral homes don't want to do, or they can sell more to their existing families, or they can bring in new families, which is what we help them do. So the way you bring in new families is, is marketing. Exactly. And, you know, when you have an active sales program, you have somebody that is full time in the community talking about the benefits of pre-planning, talking about why we have funerals, uh, talking about why plan ahead. And we a lot of times answer questions that families have no idea about. I think that's a really important thing to think about, too, when we look at a lot of the low-cost providers that are out there nowadays who are doing that very thing, but they're not necessarily focusing on the importance of having funerals. They're more focused on the importance of what are they what are they focused on what are you what's what's the competition out there yeah there's all kinds of competition and unfortunately it's not the traditional bricks and mortar that you might think of there's online competitors there's competitors that are not even res- residing in your funeral home marketplace but they're doing business there and so we sometimes educate funeral homes just to you know the best defense is a good offense so we help them be proactive let's 
influence what the behaviors are in a marketplace and help families. Because the best time to talk about funeral plans is before anyone is ever sick, before anyone um, has any reason to. Let's go ahead and get some of those things while we're thinking together and thinking clearly. Uh, let's get those down in writing and maybe take care of some of the funding. So what what are some current trends or some things that you're seeing? Um, and I don't know if they've been affected by the pandemic or not, but what are some things that you're seeing as far as being effective in having those kinds of communications and discussions with families? Well, we, historically, we always did our best work face-to-face. where we wanted to, If we could see them, we could help them. And so, unfortunately, with the way the pandemic turned about last, this time last year, we were knee-deep in it, and it was not good. So we had to pivot and think of new ways to meet with families, and that's where virtual selling came into play. So we're teaching our sales professionals how to conduct business remotely, uh, either through texting, which is a good way to connect and to convert appointments, but also via Zoom and Teams and FaceTime and every other method available, just because you know, we had to. Necessity is the mother invention oftentimes. And so we've had good success with that and we're still learning. Um, I think we're still making some good progress and just how that works. Families are more receptive to it. For example, we're doing online signatures now in a way where in the past we would do paper signatures or do it on our Surface Pro devices that we have. But when you can't meet people face-to-face, you have to figure out another way. And we just helped our sales professionals do that, and they did it very, very well. I have also noticed, too, from a, the at-need perspective as well as the pre-need perspective, that, that that technology is being embraced in the funeral home. Yeah. Have you seen that empower um, those active salespeople? A few who really get it, they're, they're leading the charge, uh, so to speak. And so they, um, they are setting the pace, they're trying new things, and that's what it takes. You know, sales professionals uh, just have a way to figure out and improvise and overcome. <laughs> that's just what we do. And so it's neat to see we have been experiencing a great deal of success in spite of all that's happened. In fact, March was the best month we've ever had for lots of reasons, but... Uh, we're starting to figure some of this out. I think there's a little bit of pent-up demand in the marketplace, potentially. But the other part of that, I, I think the whole COVID pandemic was a trigger event to some degree, that families need to get their affairs in order. They need to talk to somebody about funeral plans. They need to set aside some money. Um, another part of that is the stimulus money that's coming through. People need to get rid of some of that, those funds, and we're helping them find a place to put that. So a lot of factors at play. What are some of the challenges a funeral home faces when you start to to open their eyes or help them to diagnose whether they are truly an active, uh, they have a truly active program? Or well, not? I think the big hesitancy is is funeral homes are protective of their their families, and rightfully so. That you know their name is on the funeral home, and they have built that reputation over generations of time. And uh, sometimes we're talking about four and five generations of families, and so we want to be very protective of that as well. And so we want to let the funeral home know that they're in good hands. And oftentimes what we see is when that trust is established, and it may take some time, and we got to prove ourselves in the field. And w- But once we've done that, the funeral home says, you know what, this is a really good idea. Let's let the pros handle it, and I'll go back to taking care of families. So when you turn it over to the to the sales professional and all the marketing is taken care of, you know, it's really a simple formula. I mean, it's not easy, but it's simple. And uh, the simple formula is we, pr- we have a good funeral home, and then we put them together with a quality salesperson, sprinkle in some effective marketing, 
and have some coaching and accountability in there, then the next thing you know, you have the results that you're looking for in increased sales. So I know I simplified that to a large degree, but uh, again, not easy to do every time, but simple, at least conceptually. So by design, it's meant to increase sales. That, that's the whole idea. I mean, again, nothing happens till a sale is made. And even in the funeral business, sales, sales are important. And so we want funeral homes to recognize that. In their mind, they all have an idea of what their funeral home's worth. And they really don't connect the dots that their sales program could be an asset, could be a competitive advantage for them. In fact, not only that, it could help them increase the value of their business in the future. And the way we do that is we bring more families to the business, families that maybe weren't aware, they moved in, or they simply hadn't made a decision on what funeral home they would use in the event they needed to. Or additionally, we're helping preserve funeral value. And so since our sales professionals are educated, they're trained in the value of funeral planning and the Wolfelt experience, which is something we put together. And so what we see on average is about 10 to 15% higher funeral averages with our trained people than we do with say, funeral home staff or what we do with independent contractors who may not have gone through that training. Does that make sense? It does. So, you know, I, I have the, the, the pleasure of knowing several of, of the, the people who, who play that role in the funeral home. And, and my observation, correct me if I'm wrong, but my observation is often that that person is, uh, is, is directly associated with that funeral home uh, in a way that that there's like a bond there. It's almost like they're an employee. Is that, is that, am I wrong in that? No, you're not. They're a team. They're a member of the team and they're a valued, trusted member. And so they invite them into that inner circle and they, they communicate with them. They share uh, what's happening at the funeral with them. And they're, they're one of their, their trusted team members, but it doesn't start that way on day one. It is earned through, um, through execution, through building trust, through performing at a high level and communicating and when those things all happen, then trust speeds up, and then we have a chance to work together in a trusting environment. But the opposite is also true, and I think that's why funeral homes are sometimes hesitant, because they might have been burned, not last year or even two years ago, it might have been 10 years ago, and they're slow to, slow to forget those things. And, and so we have, to, we have to do our job to overcome that gap. And that's probably my next question, then, is what, what mechanisms are in place to ensure that you're finding trustworthy um, and good people that are going to be a good fit for those cultures. Yeah, well, first of all, we take recruiting very seriously. So we have um, a couple of great people who do a great job, Patrick Messersmith and Dan Carpenter, and they're full-time looking for talent. And, and so uh, we screen uh, candidates, make sure they're a good fit, make they sh- sure they have the social styles and make sure they're versatile and um, have the skills or at least the interest. Because as we see it, Uh, Selling is a transfer of enthusiasm, right? And so if you're not enthusiastic about helping families, if you're not enthusiastic about uh, planning funerals, then it's not going to be a good fit for our company. It's not going to be a good fit for our customer, which is the funeral. Do you have any success stories or or examples maybe of, uh, well, they don't have to mention names, but I mean, just tell tell me what what success typically looks like. Yeah, I can give you a few examples without giving any names. I don't have permission to use those names, but we have a number of cases multiple over the years where we brought in, they, they were maybe doing 50000 a month, and then we, we bring them an active salesperson, get some effective marketing in place. They try some seminars they'd never done before. Next thing you know, we're doing 150000 200000 a month on a regular basis. And, and the funeral owners are surprised, but also, um, I guess, pleasantly 
surprised that, that that can happen because they thought they had a successful preening program. And that's okay. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's what the funeral home wants for their, their business and what they have in mind because we understand people do business with others for different reasons, and they just may not be aware. You just don't know what you don't know. And so what we try to do is share some of those success stories, and uh, we try to communicate what the opportunities are, uh, give them options to choose from, that models that might fit. Anything's going to be better than just plain walk into the funeral home. Because without an active sales program, it's 100% walk-in, right? So what we see is our people are trained to get referrals. So their book of business may look like 15% referrals or something like that. And there'll be another 10% that have to do with seminars. When we used to do seminars, we're just now starting to get those more live again. So those are being planned for the summer months and the fall months because the, most of the country is opening up now. So we'll start to see that number go up as more seminars take place. But additionally, we see a lot of happening, a lot happening on Facebook. We're probably four or five percent of our sales come from Facebook campaigns because a lot of families are interested in the content we're putting on Facebook, and it's easy to it's easy to connect and engage uh, on social media. That's a really good point because if you're, I mean, that's a, a very closed loop as far as you between or among your marketing department, your your select producer or your active salesperson and the family, and then. I mean, they're getting immediate fad feedback yeah. and using medium like uh, Facebook, you're able to, to make adjustments kind of on the fly. How, how, how has that been effective in, in helping marketing efforts? Oh, it's been tremendous. And what we've seen is we're able to spin up uh, campaigns a lot quicker. I was just talking to Drew Seal, who heads up that area for us just a little bit ago. And he said, we're doing a, a lot more Facebook campaigns than we ever have, because what happens is you can plan those out in advance. And if one's not pulling like you want or, or performing like you want, you can do another one. It's very cost-effective to do. So we, we can invest $200 and get 15 to 20 responses uh, real quickly. In the old paradigm, we would have to have six-week lead time, get direct mail, it all gets all out. It takes two months for it all to come back. And it could have other seasonality factors, weather factors. And so it just was really hard to A-B test campaigns. So that part of the marketing has been instrumental in our success. And as I said, it's a formula there. you got to have all those ingredients because if we have good responses on our mail campaigns, but we don't have anybody to follow up on those leads, you're just dead in the water. In your estimation, what does a successful program usually look like? Again, it, it can be relative, right? If I owned a funeral home, I would want to at least replace those contracts that were converted this year. So that was a starting point, all right? I want to find out what that number is, but then I want to also be growing new families so we can identify what that might look like. The best programs I've seen are in that um, 80% range, so 80 to one to one. So for every at-need family we're serving, we're selling a preemie contract, which is rare, I will, I will say, but it does happen. And so somewhere between the 20%, 10 to 20% preemie to at-need ratio, up to 80% to 100% would be in that ballpark. But we're seeing lots of, you'd be surprised how many 200 call firms that, that we talk to or that we engage with that are barely uh, scratching the surface of their pre program because they had no idea that they could do seminars or that they had any of these other programs that were in place or the impact that would be to have a quality salesperson that they could just turn things over to. Again, a quality salesperson, they think differently, right? They're thinking, uh, their mindset is, I'm a professional, I'm a value creator, um, I'm going to... Uh, 
I, I already know how to overcome any concerns a family might have because I've, I've thought about these ahead of time and I've rehearsed them. Well, the average funeral director has never done that, or generally speaking. I don't want to overgeneralize, but most funeral directors are busy serving families, and that's where they should be. That's what they went to school to do. So they don't have the training to overcome objections and things along those lines or to, to set, a, set aside their prospecting hours and time. Our people are dedicated prospectors, and they carve out time almost every day to build that pipeline. And that doesn't happen uh, by accident, right? So I think that's a big difference. And so that leaves a mark on the value of the funeral home long term. And uh, I think that's what you can really see over time is that when you're committed to an active sales program, eventually your funeral home is going to be worth more financially. So that transition, if if a funeral home were considering whether they wanted to activate their pre-need sales program, even, even that 20% mark like what you were talking about, what are some things that... What are some ways that they could begin that process and start and get started? That's a really good question. I think I would, if I've never done anything like that before, I would start slowly and let's just see. And so you could talk to your funeral director's life account representative, whoever that might be, and tell them just that, that you would like to get started and just see where we can go. So if there's never been any marketing, then we start with some of the basic things. Have you ever done a survey mail campaign? (laughs) That's very simple, but then there's other campaigns you can do as well. But I think that's pretty much the the ante nowadays. Everyone's done some degree of marketing that way, but they may not have done anything on Facebook or they may not have tried something um, that relates to cremation. And here's what we what we want to educate our funeral home. Well, a lot of funerals know this already because the families are meeting with that need. But more more families don't want a traditional funeral than do want a traditional funeral. That's just a sign of the times. And so instead of looking at that as a... A negative, you could look at that as an opportunity. I've got a lot of people who want to talk about non-traditional funerals. Let's see how we can help them. Sometimes it's anything other than what they've got in their mind as a traditional funeral. And it may not have anything to do with the dollar amount they spend. It's non-traditional, but it could still be eight or $10,000. And so uh, I think that just changes the mindset. You know, obviously cremation is a big deal still. I would say, I don't know the latest statistics, but last I saw was about 55% of all um, funerals today are cremation, and that number's rising. And so that's an, an interesting part. We help families because there's a lot of questions when, when a cremation takes place, and we have to help them know where to start. I think, secondly, uh, people still want to save money, and so when we can help families just be smarter with their do- dollars, make them go further, we've done a good job uh, because we want people to spend money wisely, and so we can help them at least explain their options and find one that fits their budget because not everyone can cough up eight or $10,000 for a funeral um, right now. In fact, you think about the average saving, I heard it the other day was under $1,000 in the United States. So how do you afford a funeral that, that mom or dad deserves if there's no money to pay for it? That's why I want to talk about it ahead of time. Paul, what's something that a funeral homeowner might want to know about bringing in an active sales program? I think the biggest thing is the stereotype that salespeople have. We're really on a mission here at Funeral Directors Life to have sales be thought of differently in the marketplace. Because when you think of salespeople, and I am one, was we're all in sales to some degree, um, we want to sell professionally with integrity. And so that's real important for us. And we follow a guy named Anthony Anarino. He has the salesblog.com. And, and he always says, sales is not what you do to people. It's what you do with people and for people. 
And so that changed my whole mentality on selling. And, and we're trying to help our sales professionals look that way. And if funeral homes can have, a, have that mindset in their business, now they're thinking, I've got a person who understands what I'm looking for. They're not going to disparage my reputation. They're going to help us because they get it. They, they're there to help families, not to manipulate them or not to coerce them or pressure them. And to me, that really means best, most respected, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. But by the same token, there's a bigger concern at play here, and this is the value of the funeral home and the families that need help that live in your community. Because we know how many families have questions about Medicaid. They have questions about uh, cremation, veterans' benefits. There's all kinds of things associated with funeral planning that our people are equipped to help with. And if you don't have a person there capable to deliver that value, then you're essentially depriving the, your constituents or your, your potential customers of that opportunity. Anything you want to wrap up? No, it's just a great profession to be in is all I'd like to say. And just we, uh, we're trying to reinforce the good work that we're doing in the marketplace. Our funeral homes, we have some great customers. And uh, we're just trying to continue the good names that they built over generations of time and bring some creativity to the to the equation and, and continue creating value for families because that's what it's all about. We all get paid by the value that we bring to the marketplace. And if we don't bring any value, then we don't get to recognize that value or capture that for the benefit of ourselves and for our businesses. That's kind of along the lines of what we what we say in yeah. every area of this company is this, there's all these different aspects that go into like this harmonious balance of yeah. a successful uh, funeral home. And that's what we're really most interested in obtaining for them. You're right. So we talk about sales all the time around here, and it's just great to have it recorded and be able to share with others. So thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here today. I hope you'll come back on again. Yep. Enjoyed it, Rob. Thank talk you. Talk to you soon. If you would like to reach out to us about this episode or this series, please visit us online at funeraldirectorslife.com forward slash FD Talks. There you can find information about this episode and submit any comments, suggestions, or feedback about our series. And we also welcome your ideas for future episodes. Join us next time on FD Talks as we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace. 